Amanda Winkowski was found dead inside a Buffalo garbage tote. The attorney representing the family of Amanda Winkowski believes he may be a step closer to having the woman's death investigated as a homicide. The family that has brought in a forensic scientist from the West Coast. The family of Amanda Winkowski is closer than ever tonight to finding out exactly how she died. Leslie Brill Fink is reminded of her daughter Amanda's death at every painful turn. Amanda Winkowski. Amanda Winkowski. Amanda Winkowski. Amanda Winkowski. Amanda Winkowski. Amanda Winkowski. The mystery continues tonight over the death of Amanda Winkowski. Let's talk about risk. Each one of us takes risks. We do it all the time. Some risks are more risky than others. When we drive, for example, it's risky. When we share an idea with a coworker, or tell a friend about something private we're thinking about. Maybe we want to start a new business or make an investment. Large or small, we take risks all the time. But in all likelihood, you and I aren't what police would call high-risk people. And that wasn't the case with 20-year-old Amanda Winkowski. She was a high-risk person. On January 9th, 2009, Amanda's naked body was found frozen solid, upside down, in a Buffalo, New York garbage can that was sitting in an alcove of New Covenant United Church of Christ in Buffalo's east side. She'd been missing five weeks. The average temperature during that time was about 27 degrees Fahrenheit. That's about negative three Celsius. Police weren't surprised when they found her. She was a high-risk person. Her death was ruled an accidental overdose. Right now, you're probably asking yourself a lot of questions. At least I am. The first, obviously, is what? Probably followed by, well, how did she die? And why was she naked? And who put her in that garbage can? And what? Over the next, well, however long it takes, we're going to tell you Amanda's story. It isn't going to be pretty. Drug addiction, prostitution, gang rape, corruption, shoddy police work, it's all in there. And politics. Politics. All the way up to the office of the governor of the state of New York. It's in there too. We hope you'll stick around. I'm Gavin Fish. This is Solve Crimes with Rick and Gavin. I think the best place to start before we get into the nitty gritty is to tell you about our victim. Yes, I'm calling her a victim because I don't care how you slice it. If you're found naked and dumped in a trash can, you're a victim. Something happened to you by someone. And here's the thing. I've read and reread all the files police kept on the case. I've read the autopsies, the toxicology reports, the warrant application, the warrant itself, the DNA evidence. Yeah, there's DNA evidence, and I've read it all because her mom sued to get all the files and won. She provided them to Rick and me. So, yeah, I, I've seen everything. 
crime scene photos, the medical examiner's photos, photos of two of the autopsies that were done on Amanda, everything. It's nothing I ever wanted to see, but I've seen it. And there's no doubt in my mind she's a victim. And not of an accidental overdose. Amanda was murdered. Okay, the, the thing about this case is that it pulls you in. So let me get back to where I was. I, I was going to tell you about Amanda. Amanda Winkowski was 20 years old at the time of her death. She was about 5 feet 3 inches tall. She was white. She weighed about 100 pounds or so. She had grown up in the Buffalo, Niagara Falls, New York area. She was blonde, but the medical examiner noted that her hair was bleached that way. She had blue eyes. Amanda was a beautiful girl. At one time, she was Miss Teen Buffalo, according to her mom. Her name's Leslie Brill Meserol. Amanda graduated Niagara Wheatfield High School with a Regents Diploma in 2006. Now, for those of you who, like me, have no idea what a Regents Diploma is, I looked it up. It's awarded to New York students who pass an additional set of exams in the four main subject areas prior to their graduation. English, math, science, social studies. There are a couple other requirements too, but just understand that Amanda apparently was a good student. Amanda was very active in high school. She took acrobatics and she also was a great softball player and she danced and swimmed. So she was in everything. Um, she graduated with a Regents Diploma and she got her diploma at her BOCES for becoming a police officer. This is Leslie Brill Meserol. She's Amanda's mom. In articles and news reports that you can find online, she's known as Leslie Brill, Leslie Fink, Leslie Brill Fink, and Leslie Meserol. BOCES is a vocational program that is offered through Niagara Wheatfield High School, which is where Amanda went to school. She went to BOCES. I think she met quite a few troubling individuals, and um, Amanda was going to save the world, but she fell in the group, and she couldn't get herself back out. But it took Amanda, and she told me it was like the devil itself. After graduation, Amanda began to struggle with drug abuse, heroin. She was living with a man named Adam Patterson, staying at his place anyway. You're going to want to remember that name, Adam Patterson. Adam was easily twice Amanda's age, and he was described as her roommate. He was also described as her pimp. He, like Amanda, was addicted to heroin. He was a high-risk person. And I keep referring to Adam in the past tense. He's still alive and living in the Buffalo, Niagara Falls area. Leslie, now remember that's Amanda's mom, still sees him from time to time inside the Indian casinos. Which reminds me, Adam is Native American. It shouldn't matter, but it does. We'll get there. Amanda became addicted to heroin about two years before she died. She had tried to kick the addiction. In fact, her mom had taken her to detox and then to a clinic, which provided an opioid replacement treatment using Suboxone, itself an opioid. So after she finishes um, her detox, 
she told me she was still trouble, um, struggling with the addiction, that she didn't know why, but she was feeling like she needed it. We learned as there were some suboxone doctors in the area, and Amanda was so worried about me coming up with money and said, money is no problem. <laughs> you know, if I have to, we'll use the house, but no, there is no problem with the money. So, because it, they did not accept insurance in 2007. Mm-hmm. Um, so we managed it. We put her in a suboxone clinic. She told me it didn't make her feel good, so why take it at all? So she stopped the suboxone program and was clean. Amanda had convinced her mom she was clean prior to her death. The medical examiner was not convinced. And, okay, I'm going to skip to what you might think is the end. It's not the end of the story, I'm afraid, but it is the end of Amanda's life. The details are disputed, so I'm going to paint with broad brush strokes here. Amanda had an appointment with a person called Justice. His real name is Antoine Garner. He also goes by Tuan and Lucky. This is another person you're going to want to remember. We're going to talk about him a lot. I got to tell you, Antoine is about 6'5", weighs about 350 pounds, and he's a mean guy. This is Kathy Webner. Kathy is a friend of Leslie's, and they're kind of an odd couple. At the time of Amanda's disappearance, Kathy hosted a radio show on WBEN in Buffalo. And she lives in a completely different world than Leslie. She's a self-described four-time Blue Star mom. That means she has four children who have served in the military. Her husband is a prominent doctor in the area. And at one time, she ran for Congress as a Republican in a heavily populated Democrat area. She lost, but she's well-known and liked. Anyway... She found out about Amanda the day her body was discovered. She reached out to Leslie the next day, and they've been friends ever since. Close friends. Like, I'm going to help you exhume your daughter, fly her to California personally, have an autopsy done by a private pathologist, witness the autopsy, which I've never done before, and then bring her back to you kind of friend. I think his physical stature uh, made everybody afraid of him. That's what I think. He's physically a big, powerful guy. Okay, so Antoine Garner is a large man. Six foot five, 350. It's about 159 or so kilos and 195 centimeters. He's black. At the time of Amanda's death, he was only 22 years old. But he'd already established himself on the street as someone not to be messed with. He ran a pretty powerful local drug empire, according to Kathy and Leslie. Antoine is currently serving an 18-year sentence at Elmira Correctional Facility, a maximum security prison in Elmira, New York. He was convicted of four felonies. Robbery in the first degree, Class B felony. Criminal sexual act in the third degree, Class E felony. That's basically statutory rape. Rape in the third degree, Class E felony and strangulation in the second degree, a class D felony. And I'm not quite sure, it's actually really hard to tell, but I think two of the four felonies he was convicted of stem from an encounter he had with a prostitute. Okay, so when she was uncomfortable with what he wanted to do with her, she ran. 
but he grabbed her and strangled her until she blacked out. When she awakened, he was on top of her. She was eventually able to escape to a neighbor's house where she passed out again and called 911. The thing that I want you to remember is that Antoine raped and strangled a prostitute. Raped, strangled. And we've been told he did something very similar to another woman when he was just 14 years old. So Amanda was going to see Antoine. Very risky. We think Adam Patterson drove her there. We're not sure. There's conflicting evidence. What we do know is that she went inside for her appointment with Antoine Garner. We believe she went there to trade sex for drugs. And that was the last time anyone saw her alive. That was December 5th, 2008, five weeks before her body was found inside a garbage can in an alcove of New Covenant United Church of Christ in Buffalo's east side, directly across the street from Antoine Garner's house. I'd like to tell you we're going to release new episodes on the case of Amanda Winkowski weekly. I'd also like to tell you what's coming up next, but we're going to release new episodes as we investigate the information we have. So I guess what I'm saying here is please subscribe. And as we learn details, we'll share them with you. Which reminds me, I've kind of taken up the whole show here. And I want to check in with Rick. He's been going through all the stuff we got from Leslie. Rick, how you doing, man? Good. How are you? I'm. My eyes are tired. Yeah, mine too. Through all these documents. Well, I mean, what are you thinking right out of the gate? I mean, right out of the gate, it's, you know, it uh, it is overwhelming. Um, when we first started digging into this, and and uh, you had talked with uh, uh, Leslie and and quite a few other people before uh, I got the. Uh, got into the mix and um, and it was every time I saw your name come up on my phone I was like what now <laughs> it was so much already and uh, so you know the documents I mean you know you sent me a text telling me the total and it was well over 1800 pages um, it's and, 1841 pages yeah. not including photography right and the photos are well over 400 photos mm-hmm. um, and uh, it's it's a, it is an overwhelming case. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's a lot of layers to this one. I guess that's the best way to put it. Yeah. Now in a previous episode, we talked with Joe Cephalo, who's our in-house investigator. He's a retired, uh, San Francisco Bay area investigator, mm-hmm. uh, retired just a few months ago now, um, yeah. as a, as a captain. Anyway, he said that typically there are laws governing open cases where, you know, most most stuff can't be shared with anybody because it would jeopardize the case. But this is a weird case because the medical examiner ruled. I mean, I have no idea why. We're we're gonna get into it in the in this whole series. That's one of our top priorities. But she ruled this an accident, like an accidental drug overdose. Well, and so and to be more be more specific. It wasn't just one. It was four medical examiners. Now. 
you, you know, I know we'll be getting into this later, but obviously it, it brings up the question uh, with a, the way they described it, uh, a drug using uh, prostitute, um, not a high profile case. Why would you need four MBs yeah. to sign off on it? It's just, it raises all kinds of questions. So I've, I've spoken to a couple of retired detectives right now. Uh, they're, re- they're retired now. Um, and they both told me that they've never seen an Emmys report with four signatures on it. They said sometimes two, like if a medical examiner needs to bring in a specialist on teeth or something like that, there, right. then there will be right. two examiners. But uh, right. this but one was four. signed by four, which is pretty darn suspicious. And they, they um, ruled it an overdose, an accidental overdose. And that actually, while it is infuriating, it also meant that when Leslie and her attorneys went to sue to get all of the information on the case, she got it. Yes, because they mistakenly, you know, I think they assumed that uh, a girl in that line of work uh, and lifestyle wouldn't have a family that would would raise hell, basically, right? Um, yeah. So they they were unfortunate. Uh, Leslie is not the type of person who's going to lay down and be quiet, like not at all. Oh, she's the Muhammad Ali of moms. <laughs> she's a hitter. She'll, she'll enjoy it. Yeah. Well, and that, like you said, that that made it the legal chain of uh, of information allowed us to, you know, or allowed Leslie to get access to all. So it kind of backfired on them, uh, This the way they handled it by by doing the, uh, the case like that. I mean, it first handcuffed the police department. Um, they were investigating it as a homicide, which is, as we know, rightfully so. Uh, but once that ME report came out, it closed the door on, you know, what are you investigating? It was an overdose, right? So it, it really put the uh, kibosh on the on the investigation. But they did a very thorough investigation up to that point. Up to that and, point yeah. and because they signed it off as a, an overdose, that meant the case was closed, which meant you know, like you said, I mean, we uh, we can't get active information uh, like police reports for like the Hockery case because it's still an active case. It's still an unsolved homicide. But uh, the way they did it, this one, it gave us the access to the files. And that's what we're what we're going through. And it's uh, it's very extensive. And it, and it gives us an opportunity to present all of that information to our viewers in hopes that we get some some tips and, you know, even more information. Rick, you and I, we named our podcast and our YouTube channel Solve Crimes. Yes. Right? Mm-hmm. In my mind, there is no doubt that Amanda was murdered. This yes. is a crime. I don't care what the Emmy ruled. This is a crime. So maybe we should talk with our viewers and listeners about what our goals are here. Right. Well, unlike some of the other cases, we we are pretty sure we know you know it's not something that we it's not a big question mark like who did it we we, we're pretty sure we know uh at least one if not more um of the people involved in her death um but uh with the coroner's report being closed and and closed with a what we all know is a uh uh false you know decision um, I think our our first step is to publicly put pressure on the uh, the coroner's office and and or 
whoever, the county, the city, you know, whoever it ends up being. But if we put enough public uh, pressure and and those of you know viewers of ours also helping in that department, um, uh, enough pressure will will cause them to have to reopen it or re-examine it. Um, and, uh, and and there are a couple have- of different options, right? Uh, that right. they. The medical examiner could look at this case, could reopen the case and look at it and and they could rule it's undetermined how Amanda died or they could rule homicide. Right. Um, An undetermined, I guess, uh, determination would automatically kind of put reasonable doubt into the case. And so what we're really shooting for here is for an ME in Erie County, New York to say, this is a homicide correct that way so so just to clarify um and maybe we have to look into this but if it's if it's designated undetermined that's second that's enough yeah that's second best right that's way better than accidental overdose yes yes absolutely and uh and then you know in my mind because you and i when we start talking to uh, family members of these victims and things, um, we we kind of take this on as a personal thing, you know, as far as our yeah. our goals. And we uh, and in this case, you know, we we were fortunate enough that Leslie had decided to uh, provide us with information exclusively, um, which right. is a lot of. I mean, I'm blown away by that. I'm I'm sure you are as well. But uh, it's a heavy weight. It's a heavy it is responsibility. A heavy Right. So we, you know, from my standpoint, um, and I, I believe Leslie would agree with this, uh, I, uh, I would like to see first the Emmy, you know, the coroner's report uh, uh, be changed. And if we can get that done, then I think that's just where the investigation starts. Someone put pressure on the coroner's office to, uh, I, I can't imagine a coroner's office of a city that large uh, making that determination with that evidence. So I believe that there's some type of cover up or corruption or something. There's foul play for sure. Yeah. And you know, um, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but the word, the phrase conspiracy theory has, has created this negative connotation that you must be out there and loopy and easily um, convinced of things. Right. But when there's a conspiracy, there's a conspiracy. And we're going to dig deep into this because yes. all the police that I've spoken to, all of the police that Leslie has spoken to and other people who are involved, they've all said this, like, come on, you don't end up naked upside down in a garbage can frozen. by yourself. Frozen. Yes. Don't Somebody did it to you. Yes. And it raises too many questions to be able to determine, you know, that the cause of death is a, an overdose. And and wasn't there a timeline issue as well? Um, I don't I don't know if we have confirmation on that, but uh, I believe there may have been a timeline issue. Like they determined it was an overdose weeks before the toxicology report came back. That's kind of we've been We're told not sure that, yet. but yeah. we've got eighteen hundred and forty one pages to search through. So. Right. But that's a possibility uh, that it was like that. We're going to look at that. There's just so many question marks, really. I mean, uh, uh, on this kind of a case. And and so I think uh, I think, like I said, if we if we can get underneath, you know, the skin of it and really, really get down to it, uh, it may turn into much more than, you know, which is what I think Leslie's been fighting for all these years and holding rallies and really just trying to 
keep her daughter's uh, case and and her her life alive, you know. And I and I I applaud her for. I mean, that's a you know when we spoke to her the other day on the phone, I I told her I can't even imagine what a heavy weight this has been on her to have. I mean, she was spitting out information to us as if it happened yesterday. So she's been carrying oh, yeah, her that. her memory it's top of mind. Yeah, her memory is clear. And anytime I've asked her, you know, when did this happen? Not only does she tell me the date, she usually tells me the time. Yeah. It's yeah. And and then she hangs up with us and texts photos of, of that she took that same time, <laughs> same day. So yeah. it's incredible. But I so that is part of, you know, I, I think I can speak for you. I think that's part of our goal too, is is by knocking these things down on our goals list for this case, um, it is going to lift so much off of Leslie. So she can kind of kind of get her 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 own brain back, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and focus on her life and feel that that she did justice by her daughter. And that's that's what we're really ultimately looking for is justice for, for Amanda. Yeah. One thing, Gavin, that we want to let everybody know uh, is that, as you can probably tell by by this video and the way we're talking, we're this is just unfolding for us. So we're, and we have a lot of paperwork and photos and research and people to talk to. I mean, we're, we're the cast of characters on, on this case for us grows daily, right? Oh, yeah, I added two. Yeah. Like within the last hour. Yeah. So we're learning new things about all the people that are involved and we're, we're learning new things about the case all the time. Right. Um, right now, well, we're, we're not going to just kind of scratch the purpose. Per, right. Uh, scratch the surface, not the purpose. Yes. The surface. Be right. We're yes. not going to push it. We're going to we're going to dig in. Yeah, but we do want to engage people. This is what this video was for. We wanted to get something out to let everybody know what we're looking at. People who are uh, certainly people in Buffalo who have heard of, of this case, hopefully they're tuning into this. And we wanted to let them know to you know make sure they subscribe uh, to this and our podcast uh, so that they'll be notified when we when we put new episodes up because um, we're we're going to try and put episodes up that are that have some weight to them that have some facts not yeah, just us meat, conjecturing right? exactly yeah. so uh but we're not going to lose sight right go ahead yeah i was just going to say we're going to kind of salt and pepper them in with the other cases we we haven't forgotten judy right of course carol yep. or nancy or denise right yes uh, yes. It's just right now, this case with Amanda Winkowski, we have so much yes. for the very first time. And I don't like, I use the term inside baseball. This is a little inside baseball, but like when we received information on Carol's case, like a very small stack, I think it was eight pages of the original police report that, mm-hmm. um, that the sheriff's did right before giving it to SAC PD. Yes. We were blown away. I'm still blown like away. turning a light on in a dark room for us. It was amazing. And there was so much information in that. Okay. Yes. We have 1800 of those pages in this case. Right. Right. And there's, there's much more, I mean, considering the timeline that this one's not 50 years old, right? This is a very yes. different type of investigation. All the players are still, still alive and still, you know, around, you know, yeah. uh, without naming anybody, but it's, um, yeah, so there's a lot of potential. We, I mean, we have to be careful with the information we we put out there as well. I mean, we don't want to, uh, you know, falsely accuse people. We don't want to, you know, but so we're going to let the facts tell the story. Plus, um, many people, or at least a few people in this that we know about are dangerous people. Yes. Right. And I, so I did tell you I'm very thankful that I live nowhere near Buffalo. 
Yeah, I think we've talked about. But where I think we the live more way the much. more light we shed on this, and the more people in Buffalo and around the country, and actually around the world, we have we have followers from uh, from all around the world that we that have contacted us. Uh, the more people that see this, share it, are outraged by it. For, quite frankly, oh, yeah. um, you know what I mean. Uh, that is what our goal is, it, and it the more light gets shed on it, the the less places these people have to hide. Yeah. So we will be. So we're going to be very careful. Other cases, yeah, in between, because we want to be sure that yes. we're we're doing things right. Um, and we actually have some, you know, uh, it's a little old news for us, but not for our viewers. We have a lot of new stuff on uh, on Carol Beth Hilburn's case uh, coming out very soon. Uh, yeah. Some pretty amazing things, and we actually have narrowed down uh, uh, a possible suspect in her case, which is incredible. We have, which. I have to say kudos to you, sir. Pat you virtually on the back for that one. That was at, well. It's but, all both of us. Trust me. That was stuff that, that was a good find. We're 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 of one mind when it comes to that stuff, you know. Um, so, uh, but yeah, it's pretty pretty incredible stuff. And we'll be uh, we're actually going to be meeting with uh, a detective um, at the Sacramento Police Department to go over what we found. Uh, I mean, since we don't have, you know full access because it's an open case um mm -hmm. who knows i may go in there and they go oh yeah we know who that is <laughs> who knows but for us it's new yeah. and for for carol's daughter it's new this is right. new information so we're we're uh, we're very hopeful and we uh, we have some exciting stuff coming up so so essentially all of that is to say that stay tuned and uh we'll be we'll be pushing forward on each of these cases as as we get confirmation on on information and we and we feel we have enough for for an episode Rick and I invite you to go to our website, which is solvecrimeswithrickandgavin.com. Uh, on the website, you can see notes about the case and a timeline of events. You can also see corrections to this and future episodes as we get more and more information. Also, we're sharing photos. And no, we aren't sharing anything gruesome, autopsy photos or anything like that. We want to protect Leslie and uh, make sure that we respect her wishes. So we'll be keeping it PG-13. However, we will be sharing relevant photos, sketches and drawings from the medical examiner and police, for example, to help you understand the case. Also on the website, you can share tips and theories with us. Please do that if you have them. If you're watching this on YouTube, uh, please use the comment section to ask any questions you might have. If you're a podcast listener, feel free to look for us on YouTube. In the video version of this episode, we've shown some crime scene photos and pieces of the police files that we have, along with photos of Amanda, Antoine, and Adam. Our goal here is to solve this crime. We want to do it so that Leslie and her family can feel some measure of peace and satisfaction, and we need your help to do it. Please help us. This is Solve Crime.